Welcome to podcast 63 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Simon Calder. And me, Mick Webb. This week's podcast is about all those trips that never were. The frustrated plans for last year's travelling that you have very kindly shared with us so we can share them more widely. We're also going to be comparing our own attempts to break free of the travel shackles. Yes, a live performance on Holy Saturday, as it happens. Guess where I'd be, Mick, as soon as the stay-at-home rule was lifted. Uh, well, my, my first thought was that uh, you'd gone to Rio for a late carnival, but uh, I think that's highly unlikely. Um, I don't know, uh, give in. Well, it was what turned out to be my happy place, the first place I wanted to go when we were allowed to travel a bit, and it's beautiful Brighton. Oh, I was expecting more seagulls. But anyway, here's my one. Well, from my knowledge, I would guess that has to be in a wood somewhere, which covers a multitude of sins. I suppose no great obvious traffic sounds, so possibly not in, um, in Streatham. Uh, no, it's uh, in the North Downs, just inside Kent, I think it was. Uh, and uh, the sound of a woodpecker, uh, not something you hear a lot of around here. Um, and something you can't hear, which was absolutely lovely, was that the uh, the carpet of uh, wild flowers, uh, white ones, uh, which are wind flowers or wood anemones, uh, I'm reliably informed, uh, and yellow ones, celandines. It's just before the bluebell season, but it was very nice to get out. I do think that my journey was within the bounds of the government advice to minimise travel uh, for 47 minutes as the Citroen drives. I'm not so sure about your one, though. Well, it's timetable for an hour flat between London and Brighton, which I think counts as minimising travel. In any event, I was in splendid isolation. You mean no one else on the train? Not that I could see, as you will hear shortly. Ah. Um, meanwhile, can I take you to Texas? AM 1470. The Twister. You might well recognise that as KDHN 1470 Twister, owned by Todd and Nancy Whalen. And they have very kindly been keeping us in touch with what's happening in Texas, where the whole state has effectively been open up. Um, and they say more of a sense of normalcy, the many people doing everything in their power to live a normal life. Um, during the first few months of reopening, we had to sign waivers when getting a haircut so the shop owners could not be held responsible if someone who entered their shop contracted COVID. We're also told mask wearing is a highly contested issue and has caused a great deal of division in communities. While large stores would generally require masks, many small businesses who posted signs saw a dramatic drop in sales and would take the signs down. The one thing they say we've learned from what's happened during the pandemic is the importance of supporting small, independently owned businesses. I'll drink to that uh, when I'm allowed to with our very own um, Streatham Ale uh, brewed at the top of Streatham Common in the Inkspot Brewery. There we are, free advert for them. But let's get on to 
tweets from listeners about the plans that they had for travel that were thwarted by COVID and uh, and the responses to it. Now, I don't know about you, Simon, but the messages certainly brought home to me the importance that travel has for very, very many different reasons. Yes, very simply summed up by Jamie, the annual summer holiday with the missus and kids best 10 days of the year. And we also heard from Veronica, who said to work hard all our lives, purchase a holiday home and then be told you're not allowed to use it for a year and counting. Well, the good news is, assuming it's in England or Wales, Veronica, from the 12th of April, you will be allowed to if it's in the UK. If it's abroad, well, it might be sometime from 17th of May, but that all depends on the Prime Minister's famous traffic lights. And uh, there's uh, Sam Wright, who was looking forward to taking our young adult kids on their first cruise to celebrate one getting his degree and one getting his A-levels. I think cruises might take a bit uh, longer to get back on stream, mightn't they, Simon? Uh, they they are, although I'm already booked on one and um, I'm planning to report live from it or, uh, for you, uh, at least uh, join you from aboard the good ship Virtuosa. Um, later in May, we will see if that uh, goes ahead. But meanwhile, it's the first actual trip that I've committed actual cash money to for a long time. I can imagine that must have been very painful uh, for you. <laughs> um, now, uh, uh, Dr. Una Duffy says that the trip I miss most is the journey to the airport, knowing I will be embarking on an adventure, meeting new people, experiencing food, culture and history from another country, learning and loving life. I've never thought, Mick, about the journey to the airport, except, of course, there's a great deal of anticipation, a bit of apprehension, but also a certain amount of stress because, well, maybe it's just me, don't quite always seem to allow enough time for the journey. And, of course, there's an awful lot uh, uh, of, of jeopardy to do with an airport journey. Um, but maybe, maybe stepping on board the aircraft uh, would be the moment that does it for me. Meanwhile, the dress junkie says going anywhere apart from the supermarket would be heaven. Well, why not join me on my trip? It's Holy Saturday, yes, between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, and I'm on a day out to the seaside. For the first time in three months, it's legal for people like me who live in England to leave their homes for fun. And that's my plan. I'm on the closest you can get to the old Brighton Bell, which used to run from London, Victoria to the Sussex shore in style. We're racing at 90 miles an hour through the beautiful Sussex countryside and about to, I think, go into the tunnel which takes us beneath the gorgeous South Downs and down to the coast. Hassocks is the name of the station we're just passing through. Nobody on that station, nobody on this train apart from me as far as I can tell. Maybe it's the fact that the government still urges us to minimise travel. Maybe it's simply a bitter north wind and the knowledge that almost everything in Brighton that might keep you amused on a cold old day isn't there, or at least isn't open at the moment. But I'm determined to see the English Channel for the first time in 2021. 
and perhaps look wistfully in the general direction of continental Europe and think of all those trips I've missed. Let's not concentrate on our missed opportunities for exploring, uh, having fun, reporting. What has become uh, clear to me from uh, reading uh, people's tweets is that for a lot of uh, listeners, travel has become an absolutely essential part of family life. Our Australian jaunt planned to coincide with the arrival of a precious grandson born in Sydney, May 2020, still waiting to meet him. The one to LA to see our two-year-old grandson. Meeting my first grandson born in December in Abu Dhabi. I should be there now. My partner and I should have flown to Tokyo last spring to celebrate my son and his beautiful wife's marriage. Sadly, our flight was cancelled. We had hoped to be there now for their first anniversary, but sadly, still no travel is allowed. Routine trips to New York, where my partner lives, and my partner making routine trips back to Scotland, not seeing each other since late January 2020. To see my mum. Thanks to Betty, Neil, Christine, Leslie, Jill and Steve for those sad stories. And I guess, Mick, that we've been so used to the falling airfares and relatively easy travel uh, restrictions, at least um, until Brexit, that it seemed perfectly fair and reasonable and possible to have a relationship, to have family members on the other side of the world, knowing that you would get to see them from time to time. And you could, the idea that you couldn't fly between Scotland and New York um, must have seemed preposterous. But I wonder, do you think that this is actually going to have an effect on how people establish their lifestyles? Do you think they will actually decide, well, not really sure I'm happy living a long way away from the people I love? I suppose that is likely to be the case. And if you add Brexit into the mix, uh, I think we could well be um, returning to um, uh, medieval times of being um, stuck on our uh, island. Well, at least we'll always have Brighton. And 10 minutes after arriving at the station, I was witnessing my first live cultural performance for over a year. This being Brighton, of course, there has to be a live performance of some sort. I'm on the level, which is a triangle of grass that's actually about oh, a good half mile inland from the sea. And in front of me is a group of about 20 drummers, um, a crowd of a couple of hundred people, and they are protesting against the new bill, which is going to restrict protests. And it's lovely, actually, to see a lot of people out. It's great to get a bit of festival atmosphere. And it's interesting to see people smoking some really quite large... I was going to say cigarettes, but you know what I mean. Just trying to make sense of all this with the help of Sorrel Clement, who's lived in Brighton for... Um, 30 years, probably, yeah. Goodness, and uh, on the edge of the uh, demonstration here um but but tell me tell me what's going on 
Well, it's a kill the bill demonstration, isn't it? You've got the you've got complimentary drummers. You get those in Brighton. Um, what, with every every demo? Not every demo, but quite a lot of them. I, I just thought they were out. I just thought it was a samba band, actually. But no, because I live next to the level, it's a, it's a demo. Um, I get the sense that Brighton isn't paying much attention to anything much to do with COVID. Um, true and not true. There are some people who are hugely observant and there are some people who've completely flipped out and gone around the twist. Other people, yes, really don't care. And I'm not pointing any fingers. <laughs> any particular camp that you would be in? Um, I think I have sympathy with both camps. Uh, it killed my mother, so I'm careful myself. But um, I, don't, I don't want to judge other people. How much has the spirit of Brighton changed since last I was here, which seems like years ago? I think uh, young people now, they're, they're, they're taller and bigger and noisier. The girls are more frightening. That's perfectly <laughs> true, because I know this as a short woman myself. <laughs> um, it's, it's a good place, Brighton. It's, it, it is a tolerant place, but it's, it's, it's getting angrier. That's worrying. No, not really. You've got university students up up the road. They've always been angry, haven't they? Um, It's not a very angry demonstration, if if you don't mind me saying so. No, um, it looks um, quite bourgeois, actually. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, Brighton does sound very good fun, and it is, I suppose, one of the UK's premier avant-garde destinations even if it is extremely difficult to park a car there. But that's all part of the plan. It's maybe the place in the UK where they've done more to discourage car use and indeed encourage bus use than anywhere else. Um, But talking of destinations, maybe even more exotic than Brighton, um, listeners came up with a whole list of places they'd missed going to. Which one struck a chord with you? Well, the one that resonated most was um, Chris Grant's, actually, because she uh, told us that should have been in Cape Town and Eastern Cape for three weeks with family, then on up to Lilongwe and Lusaka for work, followed by Victoria Falls. Uh, well, I have been to Lilongwe and to Lusaka, and what fun uh, it was, um, as well as a visit to Victoria Falls, as long as it's the right season when um, they are in full spate, and I can't quite remember when that is. But most appropriate for me was that I should have been almost exactly a year ago on my way to Cape Town uh, in order to go and visit my son, who was supposed to be working as a volunteer doctor in uh, uh, a large uh, hospital in Cape Town. Um, but of course, that uh, that didn't work out. And so uh, my partner and I weren't able to go and visit him because he wasn't there and we weren't allowed to leave the country anyway. And what was put on hold, possibly forever, was a trip on the very famous Garden Route, which goes from Cape Town to Port Elizabeth and, and basically from the Western Cape to the Eastern Cape. I think I've got that the right way around, haven't I? And I, I've even got my notes here for the trip that never happened. And it says mm. here, possible flights, um, Tuesday the 14th of April, B- BA591 oh. leaves Heathrow at uh, 2140, uh, gets in at 
10.10 the next morning in Cape Town, £591 oh. per person. Don't don't torture yourself, Mick. Oh, no, how, how <laughs> very, very sad that is. Um, I can try and make you feel better by saying that actually you're getting into late autumn there and I, I would be tempted probably if you were going to uh, go there to go for November um, and you might be able to get there this November a, a, a glorious part of southern Africa the, the name garden route might makes you make you think that it's a, a, a trip between a whole sequence of um, ornate formal gardens nothing of the sort it's uh, um, basically going it's a cliff uh, not not quite a cliff but but a, a coastal journey um past these very very impressive uh, areas of landscape and into these gorgeous little towns many of them actual proper seaside resorts um it's often said you've got to get the uh, you've got to rent a car um i didn't i um got the so-called Baz bus, don't know if that's still going, and filled in the gaps with a bit of hitchhiking, which I always find very interesting in South Africa because you kind of get picked up by by everybody, um, all of whom tell you two things. It's too dangerous to hitchhike and you're not going to Johannesburg, are you? <laughs> um, which I, uh, the city I, I, I love and enjoy very much. Although many people have uh, uh, serious uh, reservations about uh, going there, don't they? They certainly do. Um, and yet, uh, well, I, I suppose the thing is you get to, to Johannesburg and nobody there comes up with a place you really shouldn't go, except possibly to some of the um, some of the corners of, of, of Johannesburg after dark. But certainly the, the minibus into Soweto is um, a great, uh, uh, very sociable and I felt very safe journey. Um, Obviously, take full advice from local people, from the Foreign Office and everybody else before you um, you set off on those things. But here's a, here's a, trip, a couple of trips which um, I enjoyed hearing about the prospect of them. But of course, they didn't make them. Danny says I was meant to fly to Istanbul, cross Turkey by train, followed by Georgia, Armenia and Azerbaijan. Just a little guide there, uh, Danny, for when you... Um, make the trip um azerbaijan and armenia are not easily combined and therefore you probably need to backtrack into georgia but you probably knew that and baker boogaloo a seven-week trip postponed two-week adventure tour around turkey followed by a month on the silk road and a final week in greece they'll all be there they will be um uh, open and happy to see you maybe not this summer but certainly next I also enjoyed uh, Yorkshire Haley's 50th birthday trip on a clipper ship from Barbados through the Panama Canal, followed by some time to explore Costa Rica, which has been rescheduled for November 2022. And I can't say what an incredible experience it is going through the Panama Canal. Um, I, I went through it uh, presumably in the other direction from the Pacific to the Atlantic. And uh, it's exciting enough um, going through the through the locks um, and, and just watching how they managed to manoeuvre these uh, ships through these incredibly tight basins. And then when you get into Gatun Lake, which is it's the major reservoir really for filling the locks up, you really feel as though you're crossing a, a large inland sea with 
uh, islands and all kinds of wildlife which you can actually see from the deck of a ship. So make sure, Haley, that you take your binoculars with you. Uh, uh, and what is astonishing about it is the whole thing has actually been made by uh, by, <laughs> by humans. And, and those islands that you pass uh, in the middle of all this blue, turquoisey, beautiful water are, are in fact the uh, tops of mountains, small mountains, which... Uh, uh, were were um, uh, left sticking up when uh, when the valley was flooded. Yeah, uh, building a canal across the continental divide was a remarkable achievement. Um, the man who kind of spearheaded it was uh, Ferdinand de Lesseps, um, the same guy who built the Suez Canal, but that was basically just carving something straight through some fairly flat desert. I wonder, on that subject, though, are we going to get because people haven't been able to access the Panama Canal, are we going to get a whole queue of passenger ships waiting to go through in the way that we have had seen um, after the embarrassing blockage of the Suez Canal? Well, there are always queues uh, for uh, transits, and uh, they are uh, usually very well managed, I think. Um, and I might say that uh, de Lesseps um, made an incredible mess of the first attempt to uh, oh. go th- to to bridge the oceans as it, as it, as it was known because he tried to do the same thing as he'd done with the Suez Canal uh, and it was completely impossible because uh, he tried to dynamite his way through uh, huge quantities of uh, mountain uh, so it was only when the American military took over that uh, this became a uh, well it changed from being a complete and utter disaster with a huge loss of life um, to, uh, well, one of the, uh, I suppose, wonders of the engineering world. Ah, well, staying in Latin America, Leslie um, is lamenting a trip which cannot be repeated, at least not in the same form. This was a trip to Chile for the solar eclipse in December 2020. This is only going to happen in that particular place once in our lifetimes. Um, it was two years in the planning, she said, meeting up with a group of eclipse chasing friends, absolutely devastated to, to miss it and not sure when we'll all be able to meet again. Well, can I suggest there is a, a an eclipse, I believe, early in December 2021. Um, that will be in Antarctica. Lots of ships heading there. I'm planning to head there, too, but I'll probably be hanging around in Ushuaia, at the southern tip of uh, Argentina, seeing if I can get a standby place rather than actually paying the thousands and thousands of dollars that are required. I might see you there, Leslie. If I see your eclipse chasing friends, I'll say hi. Well, here's one a bit closer to home from Paul Bush. Uh, And the trip that he missed was uh, uh, a chance to knock this one off my bucket list. Paris to Roubaix cycle race. I just get terribly emotional about those cobbles. Well, I imagine the riders do as well, because this Ooh. is a this is an, an annual race, which is known uh, in the cycling uh, business as the Hell of the North, l'Enfer du Nord, uh, and it's uh, um, two hundred and fifty odd kilometers. Uh, for the men's race and 116 uh, for the uh, women's race. And I reckon about a fifth of that is on cobbled streets. Uh, And if you've ever uh, 
found yourself riding a bike on cobbles, particularly wet cobbles, you will have wished that uh, you weren't on them. And to actually actively seek them out and race on them is, uh, I've got to say, uh, something else. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't agree more, particularly with those racing bike saddles. Um, The hell of the north, enfer du nord, um, to the paradis du sud, the heaven of the south. Back to Brighton. Feels like a pretty normal Easter bank holiday weekend here. There's kids playing in the sea. There's the Brighton 360, this um, extraordinary, I think it's about three or 400 feet high, um, cylinder of concrete with a viewing platform at the top. The tragically skeletal remains of the West Pier. Over to the left, the Palace Pier, which is the only surviving one, with a helter-skelter looking quite forlornly out to sea. And just to my left, there is a work of art, which is supposed to be the world inside out. It looks like a slightly manky, very large donut. And people are barbecuing on the beach because, well, frankly, why not? It's the most fun you've had in years. But... A lovely scene, all in all. Hi, how are you? Hi, thank you. Good, good, good. Um, so, uh, three oysters and um, a robot would be very nice, thank you. And what sort of money do you take here? Anything. Cash, right. card. Yeah, card, anything. okay, good, 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 good. Thank you. Thank you. And your oysters will be just at the door there. Perfect, for you. thank you. I do like to be beside the seaside and as a very wise traveller, no not you Mick, once told me never miss an opportunity to get your feet wet. So I have taken off my shoes and socks, rolled up my trousers in Monty Python fashion and I'm now just about to step into the English Channel and make contact with the sea for the first time in many months and very Refreshing it is. Freezing cold, of course, but actually a real pleasure. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed your trip out, Simon, but I do have two questions uh, for you. One is, uh, what's wrong with the good old fish and chips? As we know, Brighton is bourgeois and therefore, well, as well as fish and chips, you can certainly expect roll-mop herrings and oysters. The other thing uh, I missed from your uh, excellent report was uh, the sound of you leaping into the channel. Well, that's been rescheduled, actually, Mick, for a warmer time of year. And let's hear a final word from Marlene, Keith and Julie, who are looking ahead to their rescheduled trips. We were fortunate enough to get to Crete in September, but April to Budapest and June to Sorrento were cancelled. This year we hope for Crete again in June and Sorrento in September. We will both have had our two jabs by next month, so here's hoping. November's travel ban came in 36 hours before our flight, after two and a half years of waiting and planning our wedding moon in Jamaica. Rescheduled for Easter 2021, but no joy again. But we have to be positive and we're booked again for this October. 
My trip to Costa Rica last April was cancelled. I was absolutely gutted. Hopefully next year now. I do miss travel. We work hard all year and look forward to it. I had a holiday in the UK last year and again this year. First UK holiday in 18 years. We did enjoy it for a change. Well, it's good to end on a note of uh, optimism with plenty of light at the end of the tunnel. And next week's podcast is is um, tied to the planned opening up of self-catering accommodation across the UK. Yes, we're going to be talking about lies, damned lies and accommodation ratings. Those five-star reviews that perhaps lured you to a distinctly one-star hotel experience. And we'd love to hear from you as always. You can tweet us. Just look for at you should have BT. Or of course, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there and leave us an audio message. So until next week, it's goodbye from me, Mick Webb. And goodbye from me, Simon Calder. And let's get drummed out by those protesters down in Brighton.